Well, thank you guys so much for joining us on another episode of the Gregor Ministries podcast. So excited. We have a full panel here tonight, guys. I have not only uh, Jenny Shepard, we have Brett Weston and also Daniel Kremenko. And I'm so excited. I've served with all three of them at the Prayer and Healing School at Rama. And so just so glad to be joined by all of you guys again. Yeah, good to be here. Oh, it's so awesome to be here, brother. I've been really enjoying this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is awesome. Thank you, Josh. And we're going to have an awesome time together. And I know all of us in some capacity have been able to be minister alongside each other, but it's just good to be able to join again. I think it's been several months since all of us have been together and we're, we're just going to have a great time. So Brett, I wanted to, you know, I'm, I think I met you a few years ago and I've heard so many testimonies about people that you've impacted, not only on the streets, but also in healing school. But I know that you have a word for tonight. And so I just want to throw it to you and let it, uh, let you get it started for us tonight. Well, praise the Lord. Uh, thank you, Josh. And, um, you know, it's so good to be here with you guys tonight. I trust that we're just going to have a Holy Ghost conversation. Um, so something that's really been strong on my heart, um, you know, not to harp on what we have probably, you know, talked about um, regarding the COVID pandemic and everything that's been going on. I really feel like the church needs to rise up with a powerful answer. You know, there's a lot of people that are confused right now. A lot of people that have questions, have needs, you know, people in need of healing, people that have lost people. And I think there's no uh, greater time, at least, well, I, I would say in history, but we always need a powerful gospel to present to people. And so uh, I'm going to read from Romans here, chapter one. Just something the Lord has been stirring in my heart, and I trust it will be a, a catalyst for us into further conversation here. Uh, Romans chapter 1, of course, we're all well aware of um, 16 through 18. Um, it, it's the verses that say, where Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. For in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. Now, one thing that has been captivating me, you, you guys know how a scripture can just grab your heart for a season. Yeah. And so the thing that's been standing out, you know, I, I, I kind of used to have this perspective because, as you said, I really love sharing Jesus with people out on the streets and restaurants, you know, everywhere that I go. Um, I used to kind of have this perspective that. I just need to throw the gospel out to them and that the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. That's 100% true, but there's a qualifier in this scripture. It's the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. So I believe we, as, as the church, have a responsibility to encourage the belief of the hearer so that they can be transformed by the power of the gospel. Now, another observation that I made when reading uh, Romans 1 is that Paul is not talking, like in the context of these verses, he's not actually in the context of going out to reach the lost. He's addressing the church in Rome, those that are loved by God and called to be saints. And he's saying, I long for you. I've heard of your faith. I've heard of your love in Christ. Your faith is being proclaimed all over the world. And he says, in the will of God, I long to come to you. He says, I long to impart a spiritual gift to you, to be mutually encouraged by your faith and mine. And then he makes this statement right before verse 16. 
And he says, I am ready to preach the gospel to you who are in Rome also. And I'm so encouraged, like, we need to be preaching the gospel one to another. That's how we grow as the church, speaking the truth in love. But we need to present a powerful gospel right now, not just to say weakened churches, churches that have been hit hard, you know, with COVID protocol and with outbreaks and whatnot. But um, I, I just really stir that the gospel is the answer. One more thing I'll add, okay? Romans 15. Paul shows us what he means by preaching the gospel. And it's, it's verse, um, verse 18, 17 and 18. I just want to read this for you guys and see what you think about this. Um, he makes the statement here. In verse 18, he says, For I will not dare speak of any of those things which Christ has not accomplished through me in word and deed to make the Gentiles obedient. Now, listen to verse 19 here. In mighty signs and wonders by the power of the Spirit of God, so that from Jerusalem and roundabout to Illyricum, I have fully preached the gospel of Christ. So if you take out the cities there and you just put it all together, he says, in mighty signs and wonders by the power of the Spirit of God, I have fully preached the gospel of Christ. I believe that that is what we're called to do in this hour. Yeah. The gospel, the word, the word in yeah. and of itself has the power. That's right. And anointing. Hallelujah. And I love, you know, Brett, there, there's, there's many testimonies that we've heard about yeah. to us as believers, yeah. but it does take somebody who says, you know what? I believe the gospel. I believe this is true. I believe what Jesus yeah. did for me. I believe who he is in me and I believe what he will do through me. And so it takes someone, you know, to be able to believe those things, to actually step out in faith, to reveal those things to the world. And so I wanted you just kind of share a little bit about, you know, when you're on the street or when you're in a restaurant, how do you make it easily accessible to somebody who's never heard the gospel, but you can just present the gospel in an easy way to people? Well, that's a really good question, Josh. You know, uh, I think that it starts with your own belief because it's the power of God unto salvation to those who believe. So you start with your belief and you developing through the word of God, your belief in Jesus, in his power, in his willingness to be with you, to be in union with you, to confirm his word as you speak it. And I'll just like, I guess I'll give a practical example from this weekend, if that's okay. Yeah, man. Um, so you know, it's never the same approach. Obviously, um, Jesus didn't use the same approach when he, when he ministered. He always was only speaking what he heard the Father say, and he was doing as the Father showed him. So there was, there was this sense of continual connection where he was receiving in real time what the Father was doing in that situation. I really like that verse where Jesus says, my Father was working until now, and I am working. It, it kind of encourages me, okay, the Father is always working. So if I'm not seeing the Father's work, well, then maybe I'm just not working with him, you know? So I have a, a, a challenge, and it's a joyful challenge to say, you know what, what is the Father doing right now? Wow. So my, my wife and I were uh, at, at a theme park in, at, uh, in Branson, Missouri. Um, we were traveling, and uh, you guys ever been to Silver Dollar City in Branson? Okay, so it's, it's this really fun theme park, um, kind of like it's out in the Ozark mountain range, but 
we were about to get on a roller coaster and there was this uh, kid, probably maybe 17 years old, um, right next to us that was kind of talkative, you know, she, uh, she kind of greeted us when we walked up and I noticed that she was open and I looked down on her forearm and I saw a tattoo of a serpent curled up and ready to strike. It was like a cobra and I, and it looked fresh, like she had just got this tattoo. And my first thought was like, the devil thinks he has this one, but no, he doesn't. <laughs> So I just started to be polite and, and just ask her questions about, you know, where she's from, you know, what's going on. She's by herself at a theme park, you know, so there's, she just started to mention, you know, where she was from and she talked about the ride and we just started off with some common things um, about the park and what she had been up to. And then we kind of like continued the conversation because she was behind us on the ride. And when we got out, I, I was just really feeling that the Lord, that she needed to know that the Lord was not condemning her, but that the Lord loved her. Um, and come to find out the moment that I said that, it's almost like she, she tried to shut down a little bit whenever I turned it to Jesus. And I said, you know, you have a living God that loves you very much. And, I, you know, I'm a Christian. My wife is a Christian. I'm just feeling his compassion for you right now. And she started to say, well, I, I you know, I, I live in, it, she, she was living in some type of, uh, you know, restoration home, you know, rehab home sort of thing. And she was identifying as a transgender. And she said that she had a, a boyfriend overseas that she had never met. And she, she kind of was going this direction of like, I don't do well in these conversations sort of yeah. thing. And we, we just like continued to minister that, that Jesus is not, he's not bringing to her religion that he really loves her and he wants a personal relationship. And he wants her to know that her identity is not in her gender. It's not in these issues that she thinks are really large in her life, that he has an identity for her that's specific because he made her and he loves her. And so as we're kind of talking, the walls are starting to come down. And then once the walls come down, we're trying to look for that opportunity to take it further and to get more into the gospel, like why this matters to her. How, how is it gonna change her life today? And my wife, you know, was with me and, and she was really harping on the identity thing. And it really kind of like hit through that wall, you know? You could tell she had suffered a lot of religion in this way. And as it turns out, by the end of the conversation, uh, we were able to lead her into con a confession for Jesus. You know, she committed her heart to the Lord um, we, we just ministered to her, hey, you don't have to figure everything out right now, but this is a gospel invitation that you can have freedom and deliverance and hope in Christ right now. And she's like, I want that. And the amazing thing about it was once she prayed the prayer of salvation, I had, I had seen the oppression in her eyes. There was an immediate lifting of her countenance. It was like, it was immediate freedom that you could see in yeah. her eyes. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And so we just told her that we said, we see the difference on you. And she's just like, you know, she's feeling kind of this joy and you know? man, God is good, man. but every situation is different. No, I agree. And I think that, you know, uh, you know, as you're going out and you're ministering to people, you can't uh, use a formula. It has no. to be being led by the Holy spirit, whatever he wants to say to that person. And that's why it's so important for all of us in the body of Christ to be in tune with the voice of God. And, you know, I don't know, Daniel, I know you, you, you have an amazing testimony and, you know, we talked, Jenny and I talked to you 
a couple of weeks ago or a month or so ago about your testimony. But I wanted to ask you, you know, growing up, I don't know if you grew up in church or what your story was, but, you know, there maybe a, was a time that maybe you weren't technically or always listening to the voice of God. And I wanted to ask you, you know, if there was a time where you kind of strayed away from listening to God or what he wanted you to do, how did you find yourself back into listening to what he has for you? Yeah, absolutely. Great question. Um, you know, ultimately, it was the Lord pursuing me. And we, we understand that um, the Bible says that we need to draw near to God and he will draw near to us. But that's in the New Testament context of he's already sent Jesus. And he's made an initiation towards us. So it's not like he's distant just waiting for us to come. He's already come yes. and he's constantly pursuing us. And one of the things I loved about Brett's testimony just now um, was just how he recognized there was a wall, but the compassion of the Lord rose up within him to work with her, take his time, listen to the spirit of God. What would the Lord say in this moment? Then he was saying things of love, saying things that she needed in that moment. Yeah. And, um, you know, in these days, especially I feel like there's just this connotation, you know, the Bible says the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And the crazy way the devil works is he'll do these things and it'll say, God did it. You That's know, right. Yeah. Steal a family member and then the devil will say, God did that. And, and people get this like hardened heart towards God and have this like just really tough view of him as a harsh taskmaster. I just really just sense even right now to impress upon the tenderness yeah. of God to mm -hmm. work with us because the Bible says that even when we were yet sinners when we were enemies against yeah. him I mean it wasn't like we were having a bad day with him we were like button heads completely against him and he still sent his son for us and so how much more to those of us so I was born again I was like four or five years old right there on the pink line at Rama, taken into a back room filled with the spirit um, so I don't really know life. Those are like my literally first memories of life. Grew up with that, but there were what days going into high school, getting into college, where I was caring less about um, the things of God and much more about the pursuits that I had for my own life. And I'll never forget in those in those days, it was just this constant. Um, I, I, a tugging even sounds too harsh, but it was just this just constant constancy from God of pulling me back, bringing me back in. Um, it was like, it wasn't like anything harsh, but it was just this knowing that I had of, you know what, I need to turn from where I'm at and turn to him. And I knew what I was supposed to do. Even then, I had very little knowledge. But I knew I needed my Bible. I needed to pray in the Holy Ghost. And I needed to re repent from the, that which I was getting into. So it, it really just kind of goes back to the answer to your question. It was um, kind of like what J Jenny mentioned kind of earlier was that wooing is such an appropriate term for the way that God pulls us back in. And even pulling is like, it sounds too harsh of a word because he's so gentle and so kind. Yeah. So Go ahead, Jenny. Yeah. Um, I even, you know, the definition to draw, because the word says that he draws us to him. It means to um, 
to move someone or something into a certain direction, usually by pulling them gently. You know, that draw, it has the word gently. And that wooing is like what you do when you want, you know, like a man wants to marry a woman and so, or, or you know, to go on a date. And so he tries to give her flowers and to, to woo her, you know, yeah. to get her attention. And, um, and he, he is that way, you know, it's all about love. I like um, how you said too, that he's always in pursuit. He was in pursuit of you because the same thing happened with me. You know, I grew up in church, was born again at three years old and spoke filled with the Holy Ghost at three years old. I remember it, <laughs> you know, but then when uh, I became a teenager, my mom and dad were divorced and I kind of just went back out into the world. You know, we stopped going to church. And, um, and I always kept that relationship to a degree, but, you know, I got to a point where sin had just in, I had yielded to sin and darkness so much that it infiltrated my entire life that I was so disconnected from him, but he pursued me. I mean, he literally came into my living room one night. Okay, here's a good story. <laughs> Josh sat back. You heard this story. Yeah, no, I, I get it. I, I've been there, so I know what's coming. <laughs> so, um, so I am. I ha I'm at my apartment. I have friends over. You know, it's like midnight and um, or 11 p.m. or something like that. And there are people all in my apartment, and we're doing things, you know, that are illegal. <laughs> you know, we're drinking, doing drugs and all this stuff. And I remember going into my kitchen and let me tell you, I was at a, a place where I was just utterly depressed. You know, on the outside, when you have friends all around and you have this party scene, it looks like I'm, it looked like I was happy, but I wasn't happy at all, you know. Um, but anyway, I remember the moment I went to open the kitchen cabinet and the second I grabbed that handle to that cabinet, the Holy Ghost hit me. And let me tell you, I tasted and have seen at that point that God is good. Okay. I knew him there. I had visions and dreams as a child. I knew I had a call in my life at this point at, at a, as a young child. And so I had a close relationship with God. So I knew him. And when the Holy Ghost hit me, I knew what was happening. Yep. And immediately I was sober <laughs> and there was a great conviction that came on me. And I looked around and I told everybody that they had to leave. And they're like, are you okay? What, you know, what's going on? And I just said, uh, I just need to be by myself. I couldn't explain anything to them. Nobody would understand, you know? Mm. And so everybody left and I sat on my sofa and from whatever time that was 11 or midnight until 11 AM the next morning, I sat there, Jesus himself sat next to me. I wouldn't look. So <laughs> my pastor's wife, but when I described everything to her, she's the one who told me it must've been Jesus. I don't think it was an angel. And so I do believe that it was Jesus, but I was in such, I don't know. I was like, uh, almost like a shock or, you know, he always says, don't be afraid, you know, because that's how you feel. You all, you feel afraid. Yeah. But um, he was next to me there and it was glowing. I mean, the whole room was glowing, but I, I, feel like how Paul said, whether in the body or out of the body, I do not know, because I was, I felt like I was lifted out of my body 
and I was up here above my body and I could kind of see down at myself sitting there, but yet there, you know, opened before me was my life. And he started showing me every where I'd come from, all the things that he promised me about my future, all the things, the call that he had on my life and the plans that he had for me. And he showed me where I was right then. And he kind of basically showed me a crossroads. And he said, you have a decision to make. Mm. And he showed me that if I didn't choose him at this point, I would end up dead. I wasn't going to make it. You know, and um, and so after that, you know, at like 11 the next morning when he left, I just I stayed in my apartment for three days. I was on my face, on my knees, crying and snotting in the carpet because there was such a it was like a cleansing was going on at the time. I didn't really understand what was happening. I just knew that where I was. I could never go back to that place. I couldn't talk to those people anymore. I needed to cut everything off in my life, but I felt like I don't know how to do this. Yep. And, you mm-hmm. know, so uh, he told me, he said, go to your mom's. And I hadn't talked to my mom at this point in three years. I was angry with her. I blamed her for a lot of things for reasons why I was where I was. And when he said that, I was like, <laughs> you know the tears stopped and I started to harden up and he he said go to your mom's well she lived about 45 minutes away from me so I got in my car and drove over there past her house and drove around the corner yeah so I pulled over into Burger King and I started crying and you know still thinking I can't go there I can't go to her house and all, all the Lord said was the same thing go to your mom's yeah and so sure enough, you know, I go there and when I get to her house, I walk in and she says, I knew you were coming. Hmm. Wow. <laughs> and I wow. just wow. into tears and I just, she hugged me and I just cried for a long time, you know, and finally I told her what, what happened and everything, but she had been praying for me, you know, and praying and praying, praying me through what I was going through and praying me back, you know? And, and that's what, that's what the Lord, and he drew me. I wasn't even looking to go back to him. He pursued me, but you know what? I love how he always sends, he has somebody pray. You know, he sends his prayers. He sends somebody to pray and he sends prayers before he's able to do something, you know, um, to prepare the way. Yeah. And uh, it reminds me of um, Isaiah chapter 40, verse three, where he says, um, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord, you know, because her voice was that voice of prayer and her voice was crying out in and her voice praying out and for me prepared the way. You know, it made the the high places low and they came down to meet me and the, the, the low places high and they rose up to meet me and made the paths smooth so that I was able to just hear him and see him and receive, you know, because from that point forward, I did. I cut everything and everybody out of my life and made a drastic change. Obviously, it was the grace of God because... <laughs> yeah. You can't have a radical change like that without the grace of God. 
Absolutely. And, you know, one thing, you know, even in my own life, I felt like just what you guys have been talking about, I feel like God has constantly been pursuing me. And even in the times that I didn't want him to, even at the times that I wanted to kind of create my own wall or my own barrier, he was always there knocking on that wall, just letting me know he wasn't pushing the wall down, but he was saying, you know what, I'm still here. Yeah, I'm still here with you. And there's different times in my life where, you know, I grew up in church. Um, I had my own plans of things I wanted to do. And, uh, you know, for some of the people listening, they haven't heard this story, but I actually was in a band all my life, like a heavy metal, like screamo band, like hardcore, you know? And so that's funny. Like people that know me, they're like, what? And I would never guess, but you know, that that's the lifestyle I was in. And I'd grown up in church. I knew the word of God. I knew the voice of God from a young age. It was undeniable. So when God spoke, I knew it. And uh, I didn't always want to hear it. But you know, he would, there was things that I wanted to do. And he was giving me direction on places he wanted me to go. I didn't want to hear it. So I would create a barrier. I would create like almost like a force field of, I don't want to hear this right now, but he would just always, no matter what I was doing, he was right there. And I remember uh, I was at with my band. Uh, we were in Florida. We were doing, uh, we were recording an album, uh, trying to get signed by these label, different record labels and stuff. And while we were in there, the guy started playing this, this, this uh, just the instrumental part. And as I was there, I started singing out and I said, uh, through the valleys low or the mountains peak, no matter where I am, no matter where I go, you're with me. And it was like this, like, I'm I'm not here for me. I'm here. I'm not here for you, God. I'm here for myself. But even as I'm here for myself, you're still revealing yourself to me. And as I, uh, sung that out, I was like, it just hit me like a ton of bricks. Like, what are you doing? (laughs) this is is not who you're being called to be this is not god's plan for you but there's a revelation coming and so even though i was out of the will of god for my life he still revealed himself to me Mm. he was still wooing me he was still drawing me back unto himself and you know i wanted to share this scripture and jenny you kind of mentioned it um you know before in in our talks before we had this podcast but i want to touch on it and you guys can comment on it but psalms 139 and i love this and it's verse uh, psalms 139 verse 7 it says where can i go from your spirit or where can i flee from your presence if i go if i ascend to heaven you are there if i make my bed in hell behold you are there and I want to stop there because it, it really has a ton of weight just in those couple verses. It says, where can I go from your spirit? Mm-hmm. That's meaning that no matter where I go, and I, I was singing this out. I was saying, God, you know, I was saying, no matter if I'm in the valleys low or the mountains peak, no matter where I go, you're with me. And so I was like, I was literally singing out a scripture without knowing it was a scripture, Right. And so wow. uh, no matter where I am, God is there with me. And it says, where can I flee from your presence? No matter how far I've run, no matter how far it seems I've gone, no matter what sins I've committed, there's nowhere that I can go that is beyond God's reach. Yeah. And so I just want to encourage people that are listening. If, if you grew up in church, whether you grew up in church or not, but if, if you've heard God speak to you, you are not too far. 
no matter where you are in your life right now, God is with you in this very moment. And I believe that even as you're hearing us speak, the presence of God is filling your room, it's filling your car, and it's tangible. And it's in a way that you've never felt it before, but it's undeniable. And you're experiencing it right now. And he's saying, you know what, no matter where you've created your bed, whether it's been with me, with someone else, whether you created your bed in hell, I am there. I love what he says in that scripture. It says, if I make my bed in hell, you are there. That means if the decisions I've made, if the choices right. that I've made, the things that I've done in my life had created hell on earth, hell in my soul, hell in my hell in my household, hell in my my body, you are still there with me. And what that means is that there's never a place that I'm too far gone to be out of the reach of God. And Brett, I kind of wanted to throw it to you. I feel like you you have something that you could add to that. Well, I, I think that this is an exciting conversation because uh, Jenny had an experience with God because she she felt that moment at the cabinet there in the kitchen while God's here. Like she became aware that God was there and she shut everything else out and had an encounter with God that changed her life. And the same was true for you, Josh. And I think Daniel even mentioned the Lord is already here. So that the encouraging part of that for me is that no matter where we go, even if we go down into the depths of Hades, <laughs> his yeah. presence is with us. Like, uh, in other words, we're not waiting on, on God. Um, he's waiting on us to respond, to, to become aware of his presence. And I, I think of when, when I look at this verse, it kind of brings up uh, Psalm 16, where David says, you know, I have set the Lord always before me. Because he is at my right hand, I shall not be moved. And I really like the, uh, the good news. I think it's the good news translation. It says, I am always aware of the Lord's presence. Mm -hmm. Because he is near, I will not be shaken. And I yeah. think that there's something to that when we talk about, you know, this idea that God's presence, that God is always willing. He's always in pursuit of us. He's always... I like that, that what Jenny brought out about him wooing gently. In James chapter four, Daniel quoted this earlier. He said, draw near to God and he'll, or, yeah, and he'll draw near to you. But before he says that, several verses up, he says that the spirit who dwells in us yearns jealously. And I'm like, think about the goodness and the forbearance and patience of God that he is like zealously in pursuit of us and yet wooing us gently at the same time, waiting wow. for us to respond to him. Like, wow. you know, God is, is just, he's so romantic. He is. That, it's just like, he's like boiling with desire for us and yet still knocking on the door and not pushing things over. And you said, Josh, he didn't push you. But he did get your attention in a way that would that would lead to an experience where you responded. And yeah. I want to say this before, and I want to give uh, Daniel and Jenny both uh, an opportunity to respond. But Brett, what you said about God being a romantic, and it, it actually brought me back. I saw you guys know, like on Facebook, you get those memories from like years <laughs> ago, and I saw something that I had written, uh, you know, years ago, and it, it said that. I don't know where it came from. Obviously it was God, but I said, uh, you know, when Jesus walked the earth, he was reciting his wedding vows to everybody. 
he was essentially saying, this is who I'm going to be to you. This is how I'm going to treat you. This is the person that I am and what you can expect. And then when he died on the cross, he was proposing. And so he was saying, you know what, for all of mankind, I lay my life down for you. And Brett, Daniel, you guys know, and Jenny, even with Richard, you know, whenever somebody proposes, when you propose to your wife, you're, it's the ultimate vulnerability because you're saying, you know, this is where I stand. I know that you have the opportunity to reject me. You have the opportunity to say no, but I want to declare Mm -hmm. today how I feel about you, what I want to be to you. And so I believe that's what Jesus was on the cross. He was saying, you know what? I love you. I care about you. I want to protect you. I want to provide for you. I want to give you salvation. I want to spend all of eternity to you with you. And so I don't, even if you say no to me, I say yes to you. And so he was basically on that cross. He was proposing to all of mankind while he was on the earth. He was proving out how he was going to treat you as a husband, but on the cross, he, he's, and I believe this with God. He knows that the words that we hear, we can't always take them as face value. We can't just take people's words for it. We have to see it demonstrated. And so don't just take my word for it. I'm going to prove to you, I'm going to show to you how I'm going to treat you, how I'm going to be to you for all the time, for all of eternity. And so I believe that God is the ultimate romantic. And I love, you know, Brett, you kind of brought that out. And so it just brought it to my remembrance of that. Like God is the ultimate romantic. He is the demonstration. Uh, I love that. That's awesome. And so I want to give Daniel and Jenny or Brett, whoever you got, whoever wants to take it right now, just go ahead. And you know, in this cool fashion, I have to defer to Jenny. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, um, just in praying for, you know, for what we were going to talk about on this podcast, you know, the, the Lord kept, um, I kept hearing, uh, you know, there's just, I, I sense the Holy Spirit right now, like we're in the day and the time where he is, he is wooing. Yes. People mm-hmm. back to him. He yes. there is a drawing and a calling of the the Holy Spirit of the Lord Jesus, the head of the church or the bridegroom. And yes. he's calling his people back to him. I really sense that, but I even see it. I see people who've been gone for years who have been doing their own thing. They're born again. But they've been off doing their own thing. They've been complacent either, you know, had gotten discouraged or weary and well-doing or just caught up in the cares of this life and, you know, things like that. I'm seeing people come back. But I'm seeing this because the Lord has, you know, sometimes he'll give you a prayer assignment. Well, he gave me a prayer assignment years ago. I remember in 2013, I was praying one day, you know, and I was just like, Lord, whatever you want to pray about today, you know, what's on your heart? That's what I want to pray about. <laughs> and so in that moment, he, um, I saw, I saw myself at a little, look like a guard shack to me. And he said, man, your post. Mm. And I didn't know what that meant. I heard that before, but I didn't really know what that meant. Afterwards, I looked it up and it was a military term. <laughs> 
But when he said, man, your post, I saw myself at that guard shack, but then I was risen up and I saw the whole world like a globe. And on that globe, I saw guard shacks or people manning their posts all over the entire world. And he said, and I knew in my heart when he said, man, your post, what he meant, he meant pray. And he, and what, what was I praying for? As I began to pray and all of these other people who were manning their posts were praying. I saw everybody was praying. What happened was the earth began to quake. Mm. The whole earth that I'm looking at from above and out of it, certain people started to rise up and they looked like they were dead. And I was thinking this was when Christ was coming back, but it wasn't. As, as I was able to zoom in and see closer, it was people who were born again and they were asleep. And it was like he was giving our prayers were being sent forth so he could pre to prepare the way for what is happening right now. What was What happened was the people who are born again and were asleep began to rise and then they were laying flat but then they stood upright and then they started to work and they were busy at work and this was the body of christ rising in the end times in the last days taking their place stepping back into their call finding their first love again because they had walked away from that from him you know and um, and I see that even, and you know what a revelry is? I looked that up as I started to pray for this podcast. And a revelry is like a bugle call or a trumpet call. Um, it's a call most uh, often associated, it says, with a military term, <laughs> chiefly used to wake the military. You know, it's a wake up call, you know, and in the, the French word for it means wake up. And so he's not yelling in a forceful voice like a military sergeant would, <laughs> but he's, he's drawing and he's wooing his body back to him. And he's saying, wake up. There's much to do. Wake up. I have a call. And don't, I don't want you to miss out on the best time of your life because this is the greatest thing that's ever going to, you know, ever going to happen is to be able to be in that number smack dab in the center of the will of God in the last days when he comes back in the sky and you are found occupied occupying you know yeah, that's, that's right that's, that's right man that's good you know I, I really sense Jenny as you were telling that story there are people who are listening in the Lord through through that story and everything else is being shared the Lord is speaking to them and tugging on their hearts and they're recognizing, you know what? I'm one of those that need to wake up. I'm one of those that, as the scripture says, needs to arise and shine for his light has come. So just a question for you guys, for those people that are recognizing this is me, um, what do they do next? How do they wake up? How do they step into what God has uh, called them to do? Yeah. That's a good question. <laughs> a great question, Daniel. Come on. <laughs> okay. In Revelation yeah. chapter two, he tells us, you know, he's talking to the church at Ephesus in Revelation mm -hmm. chapter two. And he says, um, I have something against you. He said, you've lost your first love. 
And, but then let me read it because then he goes into telling them exactly what to do to find their find that place again with their first love. And I do believe that the Lord is talking to some people right now and he's stirring some things in them right now. And they are thinking the same thing. They're asking themselves the same question that you're asking and the same question I was asking when I was on my floor for three days, you know, how, how do I get back to that place? And, you know, Revelations chapter two, you know, I just realized today that this is called Revelation not revelations before you get there jenny i just have to tell you there's a famous tiktok that talks about how all moms in the world always add an s to everything Kroger's, <laughs> 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 myers <laughs> but we're glad we're glad you're listening to the holy spirit you know yeah <laughs> <laughs> so he says um I'm not going to read it all, but I guess we'll start at um, at verse four. He says, but I have some, I have this against you, that you have abandoned the love that you had first. And I'm reading in the English Standard Version. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen. So first he says, remember. Remember. Remember where, remember what, remember why you loved him. Remember all the things that drew you to him to begin with how good he is. Remember his goodness and all he's done for you. You know, you know, the song that says, think about his goodness and all he's done for you. When we start to think about his goodness and we start to think about where he brought us from and all the good things that he's done for us, you know, you'll start those, those flames will begin to stir again for that first love that you had. It'll kindle, you know, and then he says, repent <laughs> repent so what does that mean repent means to turn around yes and to go in the yeah. opposite direction so we're not going to keep heading in the same direction that we were but we're going to turn around we're going to do something different we're going to start yeah. pursuing him again he's pursuing us let's pursue him what does that look like that means get in your word if you've been away from church Find a church and start going back to church. Start mm -hmm. surrounding yourself where you're in a position to hear his word and his goodness and his love, you know? And then what does he say? He says, remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, repent and do the first works. And those first works are what? <laughs> Getting back into his word. Yes. Getting back. Yes. That's right his presence spending time isn't that what yeah. we need to do when we want to when we want to rekindle a relationship with somebody here on or in in on earth what do we do we spend time you know we can that's right with right. each other and so as you get into his presence and spend time with him he will respond and he'll respond quickly because he's so excited that we're, we come that we've come back you know so I good. love that, Jenny. Just to add to that, I love I love how you keep using language of to rekindle or to fan into flame. You know um, that really that really hits it right 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 there perfectly because it really is like a fire that's waning. You know, faith is being crushed and people that are falling away, and they have to stir it up. They have to stir it up. And I'm I'm reminded of as you were speaking. Uh, Paul's charge to Timothy came to me from 2 Timothy 1, where he tells them, 
to stir up the gift that's yeah. within him, you know? And then he goes on to tell him what the gift is. He said, you weren't given a spirit of fear. You were given the spirit of power, of love, and of a sound mind. So if we're not doing the first works, you know, and we're not engaging in intimacy with the Lord, we have to stir up love within ourselves. We have to stir up power. We have to stir up even a sound mind. Right. And if you go back to the first book that Paul wrote to Timothy, uh, he says, don't neglect the gift, which is in you. So not mm -hmm. only don't neglect it, he says, stir it up. Mm -hmm. And then in the context of not neglecting the gift, he turns around and, and he says, uh, you know, he says, don't neglect the gift that's in you, which was given to you by prophecy uh, with the laying on of hands. But he says, meditate on these things. Give yourself mm -hmm. entirely to them that your progress may be evident to all. So as you, as you were saying, repentance, re, you know, means to change the way that you're thinking, to change your perspective, and obviously to also change the way that you're acting and behaving and your conduct as well, because you change your thinking, right. your conduct will follow. But meditating on the word of God, the things that we've been talking about is the way out to, to rekindle that flame and do the first works. Man, that's so good. And, you know, Brent, uh, I just recently did a podcast with, I, you know, I work for another ministry called Joe McGee, and we just put out a podcast that says, I don't want to look in the mirror. And what it was, I'd heard a comedian one time, he said, you ever wake up in the morning and you just don't want to look at yourself in the mirror. You don't even want to make eye contact with yourself. But the times that you don't want to look at yourself in the mirror are the times that you need to. And oh, that's so the true. Of God, the word of God is a mirror. What happens is when we look into the word of God, we are, see the reflection of who we are originally called to be. Yes. Not the mistakes we made yesterday, not everything that we've done wrong, but we see our true identity. And what that does is that brings conviction. And there is a difference between conviction and condemnation. Condemnation okay. is going to keep you in a place where you feel like you're never going to be good enough. You're never going to live up to it. You're always going to keep making the same mistakes. But what conviction does, it convicts you of your true identity. Yes. So it says, yeah. this is what you yeah. did. This is who you are. Yes. Who oh, you I love are that. is different than what you've done. Mm -hmm. And so okay. one thing I had to learn growing up is that what I've done is not who I am. That is not my identity. And so I have to, I feel like, you know, there's people listening that are being called back to God. And the one of the first ways you get a practical step is open your Bible. It, it's not <laughs> always easy. You know, there's a lot of times we just want to go to church. There's a lot of great YouTube pastors, Instagram pastors we can go listen to. And they have great, great sermons. But there's no, uh, there's no substitute for a true genuine relationship with God through his word for yourself, because yeah. he will speak to you things that nobody else can tell you. Right. You have to get it directly from the heart of God. And so what I encourage everybody to do that's listening, open your Bible. It doesn't matter where you start. Maybe don't start in Revelation. I don't know what it was, but whenever, <laughs> whenever, whenever I came back to God, I, the first thing I wanted to do was to go to Revelation. And I felt like it was doom and gloom. I didn't know what was happening, but, but eventually he brought me back to Ephesians. 
Colossians. Yeah. <laughs> where you can learn about who you are. And so I encourage you, if you don't know where to start, go to Ephesians 1. Yeah. Go to Ephesians 1 and just read that. And, and maybe if, if you're reading the King James, it's like, I don't even understand what's happening. That's okay. Go, get the message translation. Get a translation that speaks to your heart. I heard somebody once say that the best translation is the one that you can understand or the one that speaks to you. So it doesn't, you don't have to worry about what's the most accurate as it is, you know, scripturally accurate or in the Greek accurate, but get to the one that speaks to your heart because that's the one that God's going to speak to through, uh, speak through to you. And so I just encourage anybody, if you don't know where to start, open your Bible, go to Ephesians. And just let God speak to you through the word. But, you know, in this podcast, one of the endeavors we have is to, you know, break down these topics we talk about. All of us have been trained. We've, we've you know, ministered alongside each other, but we want to make it really practical. So I want to give all of you guys an opportunity. If, if you're somebody that's, you know, maybe grew up in church or maybe knew God had called them and they've been called, they've, you know, gone away. How do you start again? And a practical step, you know, we can, we can all give a great spiritual answer, but I want to give a practical step of where I can start. So Daniel, I want to start with you. If, if you feel like you've been far away and you want to start again right now, because there's no better time than right now, right? That's right. There's That's no, right. Tomorrow. I feel like uh, just for me, you know, every time I started a diet, it was always, I'll start Monday. <laughs> no, it was. <laughs> I never wanted to start right now, but the best time to start is right now, whenever you feel God tugging on your heart. So, Daniel, I kind of wanted to give it to you and let you go with that. Yeah, I want to piggyback off of where you started because the best place is to start is in the Word itself. Open up your Bible. Ephesians one is such a wonderful place, and I just want to add this bit of encouragement to it. Is that Philippians four says that God is always working in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. You're not without help. He is at work right now in you. Yeah. And he's giving you um, the desire and the ability to carry out his will for your life. So just open up your Bible and let him speak to you. I believe hearing the voice of God is one of the easiest things yeah. that we can ever do. I think we've overcomplicated it so often, but if we get still, open up our Bible, what, what words jump out to you? What things seem to highlight as you're reading it? You're like, that's interesting to me. Those moments, that's God speaking to you saying, hey, I want you to get this. This is super important. Um, and then meditate on that and keep on going with that. So I'm kind of getting into multiple steps here. But um, the first one is just open your Bible and knowing yeah that God is with you and he is speaking to you. So good. And Brett, we'll let you kind of take it from there. Okay. So I'm going to go to Ephesians one, just like Joshua just charged us all to do. And if you're sitting at home and you're watching this, just pull open uh, your Bible right now. And as Daniel said, you're going to, you're going to look for what the Holy spirit is highlighting to your heart. Mm -hmm. And I encourage us to just read slowly. I mean, just really camp out and let and let the words sink in to your heart and really to your spirit is what we mean when we say that as you read it. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to take what jumps out to me and I'm going to make it my own personal meditation. And I'm going to do that by turning it into 
a personal prayer before the Lord where I'm basically agreeing with what he said in the word about myself. So I'll give you an example. And this is just the introduction, y'all. This is how rich Ephesians is. <laughs> Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, to the saints who are in Ephesus and faithful in Christ Jesus. Now, as I'm reading this, I'm thinking, I'm a saint. I, I'm someone, I, I have faith in Jesus. This applies to me. Grace to you and peace. Verse two, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I'm going to read that again slower. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, if I'm having a bad day, this really is all I need right here. I'm going to slow it down and say, grace to me, glory, Lord, peace from God, my Father. Lord, I thank you right now for grace to me and peace from you. I thank you for grace to me right now and peace from you, my Father. What am I doing? I'm, I'm taking the words and I'm just, Paul is making an introductory statement that is just as much inspired as any other scripture in the Bible. So I'm going to take these words and I'm going to apply them to myself. It's kind of like taking God's medicine. You're, I'm reading it slowly. I'm letting it get out into me. I'm realizing, you know what? My day is not destroyed. I have grace from God right now. I have the peace that surpasses all understanding right now. And I just got to verse two before I realized that. You guys see, see what we're saying here? You get on and, and you see, oh my goodness, God's blessed me with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. He chose me in Christ before the foundation of the world. All of a sudden I realized I'm chosen right now in the middle of my bad day. Yeah. I'm chosen by God. I'm blessed with every blessing that there is in the heavenly places, which means I have every blessing that there is in the natural places. Wow. <laughs> Jenny, go ahead. I'll let you run with that. Well, I would say, you know, like what happened to me, the first thing I did was I fell on my knees and got just, you know, it was just me and him. And I cried out and, and there was a repentance and a, um, a rekindling and a reuniting, you know, um, uh, just getting real with him you know, getting real with him, just start talking to him. If, you know, if, if the first step is, because you said, um, if you sense him drawing you back, you know, the first step for me would be to go get alone and to get alone with him in his presence. And yeah, it's great. Bring your Bible with you, bring your phone, you know, with a Bible app, but just to get real with him, you know, and say, if you don't know how to do it, if you don't know what to do, say, I don't know what to do. God yeah. loves humility. <laughs> you know, I don't know what to do. Help me. You know, there have been so many times where I just cried out and said, help, and, and genuinely meant it. You know, that's a, a place of surrender. You're saying, I'm laying it all down, Lord. I don't want any of this anymore. I want you. I want yeah. all you and i want I, I want things to change i don't want it to be this way anymore and when you get real with him you you know there's a true repentance and what happens with repentance is so powerful because you you change your will 
And when you change your will, you give God something he can work with, (laughs) you know, because then you've opened yourself up and you've given him access and you're saying, come on, take over. I don't want, I'm relinquishing control and giving it over to you because I've tried Mm -hmm. to do it my way and I can't do it my way. So I I want you and all of you, because I do see Mm -hmm. your way is the best way and the perfect way. I think that's something that everyone need, we want to encourage everybody to be is be real with God. You know, obviously we need to operate in faith, but don't be afraid to be humble in front of him. I remember there were times that there was one time that I said, God, I don't know how to pray. <laughs> I don't know how to talk to you. I don't know what I'm supposed to say. I don't know what I'm doing. And he said, is this not praying to me? And so it just talking to him, prayer doesn't, isn't a formula. It doesn't have to look a certain way. It's a conversation. You're talking to your father. It doesn't have to say, Oh, father, God, father, God, it's, you are just having a conversation with the creator of the universe who created you. He knows you. He knows your heart. He knows your personality and he knows how you're feeling in the moment that you're talking to him. Right. And so it's not going to offend him for you to be vulnerable with him. Yeah. And I love David, even in, in all the Psalms, you know, how many times he's like, God, everyone's against me. He's like, there's so much turmoil. And he, but at the end of it, he, he was not afraid to be vulnerable with God. And at the end, he didn't stay in that place. He allowed the truth of who God is to change his heart. And he would say, God, I know everyone's against me, but you're for me. You're never going to leave me. You're never going to take me. That's it. On my side. And so we want you to know it's not, it's okay to be vulnerable with God, but don't stay in the place of weakness. Allow him to turn that weakness into a strength. And so we just want to encourage you. We've touched on a lot of different things tonight. But there are some key points I want us to kind of just review. One, open the word of God. You need to hear God speak to you personally for you. You know, when you go to a church service, there's great nuggets you can take out of it. But there's nothing like God speaking a full message to you from his word. And so open your Bible. And like Brett was talking about, don't just skim over things and say, that's a great idea. That sounds great slow down, digest it, roll it over, let it really get into your heart and and break it down and say, the grace of God is for me. Yeah. What does it mean right now in this moment? And like Jenny said, get on your knees, get before God and say, God, I'm here for you. I'm just letting, I'm laying down all the worries, all my cares, anything I've been thinking about, I'm laying it down and I'm just here with you, my father, the one who created me. And so when you do those things, it's not a formula, but you're opening a door for God to start moving and speaking into your life. But guys, before we go, I wanted to give any of you guys, if you have anything you'd like to add just before we end, just leaving an open invitation for anybody. Just quickly to add to what you said, it's, it's not a religion. It's a relationship, you know, when we go to talk to him, it's not about religion. And that's, that's what we've, you know, been brought up in, in the past and sometimes, you know, and we get caught up in all the traditions and the religions, but, um, 
religiousness, you know, but is that a word? <laughs> religiousness. <laughs> it sounded good to me. So roll with it. <laughs> yeah, I think it worked. But you know what I mean? It's about relationship. And that's why we can go into his presence and just talk to him like David did. David understood this is a relationship. And I'm just going to tell you, Lord, you know, look at what my men are doing. You know, just like as if you were, we were sitting down here and like we're talking to each other right now. It's about relationship. Now I would just add one last thing. You know, if, if you are... Uh, depressed or discouraged or you're feeling defeated um, if you were to open your bible and and just and, and just believe that god's going to speak to you from his perspective as if let's say you're pulling up a chair and having a conversation with the lord about what's going on in your life if you able to discern what his perspective is and what his heart is concerning your situation it's really so simple because from there your responsibility is to simply agree with him. Start believing it in your heart and just start letting that become what's coming out of your mouth, even if you don't feel anything different at all. Thank you, Lord. I'm healed. That's a simple statement, but that's from the heart of God. And if you can just agree with him in simplicity, what he would speak over your situation, you just discern that by listening to his voice as, as we've been discussing and just seeing it in his word. And you just make that point to say, you're right, Lord. <laughs> I am healed. <laughs> and that's rich. It's been so good. Uh, good chatting with you guys and just opening up the word. It's just so rich. Yeah. And we, I've had a great time with all of you guys. And I just want to thank you again for your time. Uh, I know it's going gonna, it's gonna to bless a lot of people. It blessed myself personally just to be able to talk to you guys yeah. and uh, just glad we get to hit record on an awesome conversation amongst friends. <laughs> so guys, thank you so much again, Jenny Shepard, Brett Weston and Daniel Promenko go follow them on social media, Facebook, Instagram, wherever you, you can. And uh, just, they're always posting good stuff. So go, go follow them. But guys, thank you again so much. It was an awesome time. Awesome. It's been such a joy. Thank you, thank you guys. Thank you, Josh. Yeah, absolutely. We'll have you back on again. And guys, we just want to bless you. Uh, just thank you for listening in. If you're watching on Facebook or Instagram, be sure to share it with some friends. If you want to listen to the audio version, it's available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, wherever you listen, it's available. So share that with other people and let them be blessed as well. So again, guys, thank you so much and we'll see you next time.